Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Jeff's been providing invaluable insights into the salary cap, how the Vikings could, should, and probably will uh, proceed. It's been fascinating for me because I love that stuff. I love I love talking about the salary cap without actually having to break down every decimal point, just, just having an understanding of what can actually work. Today we'll get more into Cousins' potential deal and Jefferson's potential deal. We're also going to talk about the, the fascinating coaching cycle. The fact that Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, two future Hall of Fame coaches, have not gotten jobs, doesn't look like they're going to get jobs. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to talk a lot about the NFC North and where the Vikings stand. And uh, Jeff might actually have something very controversial to say about the Detroit Lions. And, of course, Jerry Jones had something controversial to say because that's the way Jerry rolls. Let's get into it all. We want to thank our sponsors. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home services studio we also want to thank white bear lake superstore and platinum bank we want to thank you for listening best way to listen to this show or any show you like at talknorth.com subscribe to favorite podcast app it's free it's the easiest way to listen uh and we have lots of other great stuff uh the viking update show is a nice compliment to this show we also will have on the john krasinski show our nba and timberwolf show we'll have chris finch live at headflyer brewing 7 p.m saturday night in Minneapolis, uh, plenty of parking, great place. We always get big crowds. I want to thank Chris Finch in advance for coming out. It's not something he has to do. He's doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, and he's doing it because of the immense power of TalkNorth.com, of course. All right, Jeff, let's start here. You were the first person I heard who, who said that, hey, the Cousins deal could come in at about two years, $90 million with some maybe some added voidable years or, or option years. And now that has kind of become the talking point. That's what everybody's saying. You said it first. Give me a hint briefly, and we'll get into this in more detail as the offseason proceeds. Give me a hint where the Justin Jefferson and Daniil Hunter deals could end up in terms of years in value if they get done. Yeah, I think, Jim, that the Jefferson deal will get done because, first of all, he's under contract for 2024 on his fifth-year option at $19.7 million. Further from there, the Vikings have the franchise tag to hang over him for for 2025, potentially. So it just makes sense, and they don't really necessarily want a disgruntled best player on their team. So I, I see Justin and his representatives trying to, to make him the highest-paid non non-quarterback in the league, which would require him to be above Nick Bosa, who on his on his new money got $170 million over five years. So I think that's the target uh, for Jefferson, which is $34 million a year to get slightly over that and, and also to exceed, obviously, Tyreek Hill as the highest paid wide receiver. And, and Hill, on his extension, was $30 million a year. So I think Jefferson will blow past Tyreek Hill and and Hill's actual average is closer to twenty eight million dollars. So, without getting totally into the weeds on this, which we could do in in the future weeks, but I think it's really an important deal for the Vikings to get done as soon as they possibly can. They're about twenty five to twenty nine million under the cap going into the season, which is good news for them compared to past years when they've always been over the cap. And, but I, I'm sure they'd like to potentially free up some more money to be able to, to sign Hunter, to be able to maybe go into free agency, uh, perhaps bring back DJ Wanham, get Cousins' deal done, which I think can lower his cap number too. But in terms of Jefferson, I, I see it coming in 
at at one 172.5 million over five years. And when the dust settles, that's a 34.5 million per year average in new money, which exceeds BOSA by 500,000 per year. And when you factor in the, the other 19 million that he's still, still going to have on this year's deal, then Justin's total average comes in around 32 million a year, which takes him well over Tyreek Hill and, and over BOSA and over Aaron Donald, who's at about 31.6. So I think that's what they're shooting for. I think the agents will ask for thir- for 175, which is a 35 million dollar a year average in new money. But I think it would settle a little lower than that. So that's where I see Justin's deal. I think it'll be about 50 million in signing bonus to match Bosa, and the attractive part of that for both sides it gets him that obviously the guaranteed money escalates, and I think they're going to need to be at about 125 million guaranteed on this deal uh, again to exceed Bosa. And but with a fifty million dollar signing bonus, they can get Jefferson's cap number down by about ten million dollars off of that nineteen point seven million, and it would come in probably closer to nine something. So they can save about ten million dollars in cap room by doing the deal before the start of the league year or early in the league year. And I think that that's what what they will try to do. That that's what makes sense to me. On Justin, as far as Daniel Hunter, his situation—he—he's a pure free agent. They can't franchise him. He—he's going to be attractive on the free agent market, even with his injury history. But he's been healthy the last two years. I think it's going to take twenty-five million a year to get him done with a, a, a substantial guarantee in that contract. Obviously, he's going to shoot for thirty or more with Bosa at thirty-four. But I think that he would settle in somewhere in that $25, $27 million a year range would make sense uh, for Daniil. And I think he wants to be here. I think he likes playing in Flora's defense. Uh, he had his, his best year as a pro with 16 and a half sacks and 23 tackles for loss, which, which the, the 23 tackles for loss led the league. So there are a lot of positives for Daniil Hunter to stay here. And I don't feel like there have been bridges that have been burned at this stage, they've been trying to get things done, trying to, to, to keep him happy over the last few years. But now's the time to get a, a longer-term t- deal done for probably three years or so on, on Hunter. So I, I do think both of those deals can get done. And, and again, the Cousins domino is really important because if they don't sign him, they're going to be hit with $28 million of dead money. If they do sign him, they could restructure the contract and get his cap number down and pick up some cap room there too, which they need to, as I said, be able to bring back guys like DJ Wanham, Jordan Hicks, perhaps a Jonathan Bullard, and and also be able to go into free agency and maybe sign a, some better players than they did last year. Let Davenport go. They wasted $13 million bucks on him because he can't stay healthy. And Byron Murphy was an okay signing at around whatever, 8 to $10 million a year. But they, they need a quality corner uh, to, to, to really upgrade that defense. And I'm sure Brian Flores is jumping on the table now that it looks like he's going to be back this year. <laughs> that he, He's going to want better corners than what he got out of the Caleb Evans. And Makai Blackman, yeah, he was a rookie. But he, needs to, he played, did some good things early, not so good late. Murphy got hurt late. He's been, he was hurt the year before. 
they need some better corners. And wow, Jim, doesn't it again pain Viking fans and and I'm sure the the front office too that they passed on Trent McDuffie yep. as, a, as a first team All Pro corner that they could have had. The Chiefs, I think, took him around in the 20s in 2022. And and obviously, Kyle Hamilton, we talked about, that they could have had at 12 instead of the Ravens. And he's a first-team All-Pro. Either one of those guys would have significantly upgraded this defense. They end up trading down and, and get, get Lewis seen and Andrew Booth with those picks. And neither one has, has done anything over two years. Now, if, if Harrison Smith retires then Seen may get an opportunity in that three-safety look. But the guy's got to get it done this year, or it's officially a bust on him. And and Booth, I just haven't seen enough from him to get excited about. Agreed. Great breakdown. We'll get more into the details, the salary cap ramifications going forward. I just wanted to get kind of a capsule view of these deals from Jeff. I'm also going to write about it from Sunday. I'll be crediting Jeff for this kind of information. Uh, So thank you for that, Jeff. Let's get into something you and I talked about off the air. The Detroit Lions, in a lot of ways, a very admirable, likable team. But there is one thing you would say is not likable about them. Yeah, definitely. They, they were a great story this season, Jim. With their, they rise from a three-win te- three team two years ago to the NFC North title and their first playoff wins in 32 years. Very close to getting to the Super Bowl before they blow the 17-point lead in the second half against the 49ers. And you could just see the, the experience of the 49ers and the coaching and the bad decisions by Dan Campbell with both of those four... four when he could have kicked field goals and given it, given it a shot to, especially when you have a chance to take a three-score lead early in the second half and then later to have a chance to tie the game. I, I just don't agree with that strategy at all. I, I know that he says, that's the way we roll, but uh, I'm sorry. And then he blows the timeout at the end of the game on the last series by running, running instead of throwing it. So I, I, perhaps Dan Campbell will learn from these mistakes. We'll see. But – Here's my thing about the Lions, and I know they were sentimental favorites for most of America in the in the playoffs because they'd never been to a Super Bowl, but not me because – and this has nothing to do with the fact that, that I have Viking roots. I'm just talking about – because I generally cheer for the NFC North teams in the playoffs. I was hoping the Packers would do well. I think it, it, it makes the division look better, but I think the Lions – are the dirtiest team in the NFL today. And I, I know that the, the, the most, most of the media coverage heaps praise on Dan Campbell. They think it's cute and funny with the bite your kneecaps off. And, and then the network show signs in the, in the stands with, with a, a note, Vikings kneecap, yes, bit off and <laughs> because of Hawkinson's deal. But, but to me, they're a team, especially on defense, that just takes way too many cheap shots and especially the two safeties, Kirby Joseph and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the biggest culprits. Joseph goes low at players. He did it on to Hawkinson, dived at his knees, blew out his ACL and, and MCL. And then he did the same thing in the wild card round against Tyler Higby. Exact same play, dives at his, at his knees and takes out his ACL and MCL. And, and I thought it was really interesting after that play, Matthew Stafford, called Joseph out and said, hey, you're, you're dirty as blank, and you know it. And, and he said, I've seen it on tape. And he was obviously referring to the, to the 
Joseph hit on Hawkinson. And then he, Joseph goes low again on the sideline against George Kittle, another tight end in the, in the championship game. Kittle was lucky to avoid an in, a serious injury there. Gardner Johnson takes a cheap shot on Debo Samuel behind the play that, that was flagged. The Joseph hits weren't flagged because it's not, not illegal to dive at a player's knee unless it's a quarterback. But Joseph goes right at, at uh, Samuel's shoulder, that he, and he knew that Samuel had been out the week before with the shoulder injury and on the injury report all week. Fortunately for Depot, he was able to play on. But again, a dirty play by the Lions. And then Josh Pascal dives at, at Purdy, at Brock Purdy when he's on the ground. I don't know why that wasn't called a penalty for a, a, a roughing when when Purdy was was going was diving for or going down on the ground. I just think the Lions, and it starts with Dan Campbell with his message to the team, to the public, to everybody that we're going to be overly physical, play play to the to the whatever they call to the whistle and beyond. And I think that he has sent a message that it's okay to do these type of things, which is really kind of curious because Campbell was a tight end at the NFL and all the, a lot of these hits are going against tight ends. So you would think he would have some compassion for, for tight ends having played the position, but no, he's happy with that. Now I'm not saying all the lions are like that. Certainly Aiden Hutchinson is a, is a physical player, but he plays clean. Frank Ragnow from Chanhazen, all pro center, He's a physical guy, but he's a clean player. He's not diving at, at defensive linemen's legs. But I just think that it sends a bad message with guys like Joseph and Gardner Johnson and Pascal and these guys. sends a bad message to young people who play youth football, high school, college football, that you can make these dirty hits and still play in the NFL. I think it's, it's ridiculous. I think the league needs to change this rule and, and make it illegal for players not only to dive at a quarterback's legs, but also at any player, the way that, that Kirby Joseph does it regularly, and, and make that a penalty. It, it's not so hard to aim at a player's midsection. And, yeah, I know they, they're, they're trying to take headshots out of the game, obviously. And that's been well documented, and they're trying to do a better job of that. But – Going at, at players' knees, very dangerous place too, and it's resulted in in two guys, including T.J. Hawkinson, having a whole off season of, of rehab because of Kirby Joseph. Uh, hey, great stuff from Jeff. He's on fire today. We're going to come back and talk about Belichick, Carroll, Jerry Jones, some and more about the NFC North. Uh, right now, we want to hear we want to hear about White Bear Lake Superstore. WhiteBearLakeSuperstore dot com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC with my longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll find $6,000 purchase allowance and 0.9% APR on 2023 and 2024 GMC Sierra 1500s, 0.9% APR plus 2750 purchase allowance on 2023 Buick Envisions, 0.9% APR and a $1,500 purchase allowance on 2024 GMC Terrains. 
plus no monthly payments for 90 days on these great vehicles, and the world's first all-electric super truck, the GMC Hummer EV pickup and SUV. The Wiper Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to longtime sponsor Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, great sponsor. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, Visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We also want to let you know that Don Mitchell has uh, tons of good guests, a lot of women in sports, women's sports, but also some players with the football and NFL connections this week. Ron Johnson and his wife, Shining Marks Johnson, uh, are our guests at Dawn of Sports. Check out that show. Check out the Viking Update show. Any show you like at TalkNorth.com, including our outdoor content and variety content, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We do appreciate it. All right. They, we just had a massive turnover in NFL coaches and Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll didn't get hired. And yet Jerry Jones says he could work with Belichick, Put you know, make some sense out of all that for me, Jeff. Age discrimination, Jim. (laughs) It certainly is pretty obvious when you think about Mike McDonald just got the, the job in Seattle, 37 years old or 36 years old, Ben Johnson, to the chagrin of the Vikings, is staying in Detroit, but he had opportunities at probably five or six stops to go as a head coach. We're talking about the Lions offensive coordinator, he's 37 years old. And other than Jim Harbaugh, it just seems like most of these hires are young, young guys. And so it's just, I think that's, that's a big part of it, uh, despite the fact that that Jerry Jones says he he can absolutely work with, with Bill Belichick, which can't make Mike McCarthy feel really good when when Jerry Jones has not extended McCarthy's contract so far, and I don't think he's going to after that dreadful playoff loss to the Packers. And McCarthy, yeah, he can't be real happy with that comment by Jerry Jones. Not to say that Jerry's going to hire Belichick a year from now, but who knows? He did it with Parcells. He could go go do it with Belichick. And yeah, it, it's an interesting coaching cycle of hires and the Packers bring in the Boston College head coach, uh, uh, Halfley, as their new defensive coordinator to re- replace Joe Barry. That I thought that was an interesting hire. But the good news, I think, for the Vikings is that Brian Flores has not gotten much of a even a sniff it seems like I, I i didn't really even hear about him interviewing places and so or if he did maybe it was just one or two and and whether it's the aftermath of of suing the dolphins and the nfl or whatever whoever he's suing uh but 
I think Flores staying here with the Vikings is really good news for Kevin O'Connell and for the Vikings organization. He did a really good job overall. There were some moments where he got a little too blitz happy, as we know, and, and didn't protect some of these young corners with double coverage with safeties, such as the end of the Denver game, the end of the Cincinnati game. But I think overall, to improve that defense from 31st to basically, I think they ended up whatever, 17th in the league, was a, was a big climb for them. And, and the run defense was, was very good this year. Ended up 8th against the rush, 16th overall. They still need to improve in pass defense. But I'm sure for Flores, when they lost Wanham and, and perhaps Daniil Hunter played extra snaps and, and may have worn down a little bit as the, as the season went on, but it was just the pass rush wasn't there. The interior pass rush needs to be improved. And so I, I think that's going to be the big challenge for for Quasi Adolfo Menza this offseason to figure out how do you improve that pass rush? Can they keep Wanham, who may command after his eight sacks and 60-some tackles in 15 games? He, he may be a $10 million a year type player. We'll see where he comes in. But I think he's a guy they need or be able to go, go to the draft and, and perhaps draft a guy in the first or second round. But are they going to use that first round around a quarterback? So a lot of a lot of big decisions ahead for for Quasi and Kevin O'Connell with his input, but but it's all going to start as we said before with addressing Cousins, Jefferson, Hunter, getting the a lot of cap room and be able to go to free agency and then make better decisions in free agency. Don't sign guys with an injury history like Marcus Davenport, and then draft better. <laughs> Don't draft the Lewis scenes of the world, find the Trent McDuffie's and Kyle Hamilton's and those kind of guys and get more depth throughout the draft. And I think that's the big challenge for this team and for Quasi to certainly the, the Jordan Addison pick was a really good pick, but beyond that, not too many hits over the last couple of years. Uh, they got, certainly got lucky with Ivan Pace Jr. As, as an undrafted guy, you need to have those kind of guys too, but Ty Chandler, a good fifth round pick. But overall, especially with those corners, they've got to get better in the secondary. No doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> you Again, another conversation you and I had off the air. Jerry Jones, uh, who was a lame duck coach he decided to keep after a disappointing playoff performance. Guess what Jerry does? He talks about Bill Belichick. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just it's so typical of Jerry that, that he's going to stir things up and he's going he's gonna to put a little pressure on, on Mike McCarthy for sure. And, and the and the rest of the coaching staff to not have the kind of game they had against the Packers in the playoffs when their expectations were to, to at least get to the conference championship game and then take their shot at the 49ers who had knocked them out a couple of times. So very disappointing for Dallas where, where they come out from the this, this season that was pretty good overall. And, and they've got some big decisions ahead too. Uh, with Prescott getting him extended, he's got a $59 million cap number, Jim. <laughs> so so he's got them over a barrel, even after playing lousy in the playoffs, throwing inter- a couple of bad interceptions against Green Bay. They've got ex- they have no choice but to extend him and get his m- number down and then have the money to be able to sign C.D. Lamb, probably extend Micah Parsons. So a lot of big decisions in Dallas ahead 
as there will be around the league. Free agency only five weeks away, so it, it's coming fast. But we know one thing, Jim: the Super Bowl is next week, and I'm going to give you a little hint on okay. my Super Bowl pick. I'm done picking against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think I think I think you did have Kansas City last week, as I recall. I did. I, I picked Kansas City and the Lions last week, and the Lions choked away my my pick. Otherwise, I would have been two for two. Yeah, I, I did have the 49ers in that game, but yep. but yeah, I'm 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 done picking against against Mahomes. He he's just even when he doesn't have to be prolific and throw for 300 plus and, and run for 80 yards or whatever, because in, in this game he threw for 241 and, and only ran for 15 yards. But, but what a throw to Kelsey on that, on that back shoulder throw oh. where Hamilton's all over him for the first touchdown and, and Kelsey steps up in the big game. So it, it's just, it's kind of funny too. got all these conspiracy theorists, that say, oh, the league wanted Kansas City in the Super Bowl, so Taylor Swift will show up. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't really think that ha- that happened, but you know Taylor's going to make it back from Japan for that game, <laughs> no doubt. And uh, yeah, I, it wasn't a Taylor Swift conspiracy; it was the Ravens choking. Uh, they played. I thought that Mahomes and Kelsey, their ability to give their team a lead early, in what everybody kept talking about, was the biggest home game in Ravens franchise history, a game where Lamar Jackson was going to have to prove himself Super Bowl worthy against a great quarterback. I thought the fact that the Chiefs came out and took control of that game early caused the Ravens to play out of their minds. Jackson threw passes he doesn't throw in the regular season. They took penalties they don't take in the regular season. They made stupid personal foul penalties. They choked that game. Boy, listen, all credit to the Chiefs. The Ravens also contributed heavily to that loss. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and it's just, you think about Zay Flowers and he gets a taunting call and then and then he fumbles on on the on the half yard line going in. Great play by Legarius Snee, definitely, but he's got to know better to protect the ball in that situation, and and so it ends up with that with the touchback and Chiefs keep the the ten point lead at that point. That was biggest play in the game right there, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Chiefs getting ahead put the pressure on on Lamar. On, on the Ravens and and the, the last interception that Lamar threw into triple coverage was just a horrible throw for an MVP player to make. So yeah, definitely Kansas City made the plays that they had to had to make. The defense playing well all year. Chris Jones was a was a force, and yeah, just bad penalties. You think about Roquan Smith with a, a personal foul busting the offensive lineman. For no reason and jumping offside, just crazy stuff. And certainly, John Harbaugh has to be very disappointed in his team's performance. But then you think about a guy like C. Spagnola, and and he's take he he take took some heat over the years, uh, when, especially in his head coaching reign. But wow, did he do a good job in this game with with the with the heavy blitzing that did rattle Lamar Jackson. No doubt about it. Hey, great stuff, Jeff. It's going to be a fascinating offseason. You're the best person possible to talk about all these salary cap moves, personnel decisions, and everything else. Next week, we will preview the Super Bowl and get a little more into some uh, some Vikings projections here. For today, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider with the former Vikings general manager. We appreciate you listening. We'll be talking to you soon. 